What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane, as I hope you already know. Uh, this is going to be an interesting little podcast because the first part is not related to the second, but that's cool. I'm sure you guys will just push through it. Um, first of all, we have some birthday shout outs, which is something I don't normally do, but this is a crazy week where I have three important birthdays within three days of each other. So uh, two just passed on December 8th. They are my god sister Priscilla and her stepfather, my Uncle Henry, which, again, those titles sound kind of weird, but I'll explain it now. Um, I've talked about this on previous podcasts, but when my family was going through a whole list of stuff back in the day when I was about nine or ten, um, they were two or three people that took us in, the other being uh, Monty Beverly, who was Priscilla's mom. They took my siblings and I in, and they took care of us when you know the rest of our family really couldn't. And I, I, don't, I don't know where I would be, where we would be if they weren't in our lives. For sure, we would have been broken up. Uh, foster homes, you know, God knows what happens once you get into the system. So they stepped in. There's no blood relation. They just were friends of the family who had means, I guess. And they stepped in, took care of us. They didn't ask for anything in return, really. Um I guess even they did, we probably couldn't do it because <laughs> they took us in. But they did it because they didn't want to see us be broken up and split up and all that stuff. So Mongo Henry passed away a couple years ago, actually. So that's like he can't, I guess, appreciate what this podcast is. But um, Priscilla is still alive. I saw her a couple weeks ago in Miami. So she's still, you know pushing through, striving, thriving, all that good stuff. So hopefully she can get the message on behalf of both of them. But uh, they are, I don't know if I'll ever be able to repay Priscilla for what she did in my life. Monty Beverly and Uncle Henry both passed, unfortunately. So their impact is, I guess, on how I live my life going forward. But there's no more, I guess, new memories with them. So I guess that sounds like got kind of sad towards the end, I guess. Um, in December... 11th, 12th, we've been debating about this as a family her whole life. It's my mom's birthday, my actual bio, like biological mom. And I always say her birthday is on the 11th because that's what she told me. But I guess the hospital said it's the 12th. I don't know. We just, it's something that happens in black families. We just, we don't believe the hospital, apparently. So I always celebrate on the 11th. I, just, I say that's her birthday, 12, 11 every year. And my mom is an interesting person. Because she's she's the closest thing, I guess, on a dream level to what I am. Like her, I guess, my older brother, Henry. Um, my dad's not much of a dreamer. He's just a, like a worker. But he's he's got vision, but he doesn't have a dream. It's an interesting situation. But my mom was a dreamer. And um, as a kid, she always wanted to be a singer. And I think having kids, I think having responsibilities kind of derailed her life on some levels where she never really got to live all that stuff out. She never really got to follow the dream the way she wanted to. She still sings now. She sings in the church. Um, I think she occasionally tries to go into a studio and work on something, but she's not. She's never put the effort forward that she would have wanted to because of us, um, which sucks, but I'm happy to have siblings, so I can't, I can't say I'm particularly mad about it. Um, in a lot of ways... 
what I'm trying to do now and what I'm living is to, I guess, help her reach her dreams. I guess the more famous and popular I get, the more I can reach back and pull her up with me and I don't know, maybe put her on with some people who have influence and that kind of thing. And maybe she can live a second half dream of her life when she's like 60, but now she's singing on, you know, gospel albums and stuff. I don't know how it's going to work out in the end, but it would be awesome to see her in the studio with like Donnie McClurkin, like singing a song or like the Wyans or something like, you know, like, like it would be, that'd be, it would be cool. It'd be cool to see that happen at some point, but uh, she is an enigma of a person, but also like super loving and also kind of like off. It's a, my mom's an interesting character. I would do a whole podcast on her if I needed to, but um, one of my biggest motivations in what I'm doing is to take care of her along with my siblings and everybody else. But she's like, she's a primary. My dad's going to be fine. I think my siblings will do what they do, but I would like to let my mom live a life that she's never seen before. Some Not necessarily luxury, but on some level, sure. But just to like see more than what she's seen. Like she hasn't experienced a lot of stuff because she hasn't been able to. We've never been financially at the place where we could just go on a trip, where she can just hop on a plane. She's never been on a plane before, and she's in her 50s now. So the idea that not only has she not been on a plane, but I don't think she's ever been further north than like probably Maryland and further east than like maybe like Tennessee. Like it's a lot of life she doesn't live, much less obviously outside the country. There's no passport situation happening here. So it would be cool to like down the line have her experience some of what the world and what life actually is. And maybe she'll hate it. Or maybe she'll love it. I don't know. But it is one of my goals. It's something that I think about often every time we talk. She's like, how you doing, baby? I'm like, I don't know, mom. Just out here, you know, living. She's like, you meet any famous people? And I'll tell her about some interaction. And she'll be like, man, that's so crazy. Keep up the good work. Love you. And then she'll get off because she only talks on the phone for like five minutes. <laughs> we don't have long conversations, but we get the gist out and she just keeps it moving. Um, but it would be nice if I could be like, not only do I know this person, but mm-hmm. I'm going to arrange for you to meet this person. And then we'll see kind of where things go from there. So special happy birthdays to Priscilla, Henry, and Mom. Um, love you guys dearly. And I'll keep pushing through for y'all. Cool. Now we'll get into what the actual podcast is about. And this is something I think everyone can get something for from for a while. When did four become from? Um, some podcasts are only specific to certain situations where it's like, okay, if you're not dealing with a next issue and I talk about exes, then you don't really, there's nothing there for you. This, I think, this has some universality to it. The podcast is entitled Life Prep or Prep for Life, however I decide to put it into my database later. And really what this is, is how prepared you are for how life is going to go. I read a quote maybe 10 years ago. I don't even know who the person is, so I don't want to say, I didn't, I didn't write this. Let's put it that way. I don't want to know. I don't know who to give credit to, but I didn't write it. And the quote was, there are three types of people in the world. There are people who make things happen. There are things, people who watch things happen. And there are people who wonder what happened. And at the time, I was like, oh, that's a dope quote. But then you really kind of sit back and 
assess what the three different people are. And obviously, if you make things happen, you tend to dictate the way things go. You're probably like a mover and shaker, maybe a type A person. You kind of make things happen. Sometimes watching things happen is a good thing, too, because you can kind of survey the landscape and move where you need to move. It's not always the best idea to just move forward and I'm going to make this happen. Sometimes you got to let things kind of materialize and kind of move forward. Um, I don't know a positive thing to say about people who wonder what happened. And when I read that and I like kind of rehearsed it and all this stuff, I was thinking, if you don't know how something just happened, you just, I don't know how I ended up here, things just kind of happened, that points to some lack of preparation or like awareness. And I think that's one of the most oof, useless um, character traits and and places to be because if you're not prepared for what you have going on, then the likelihood of you doing well in whatever you're doing is much lessened. Sometimes, sure, things happen. Like you take a test, you didn't read the book, and you can just guess your way through it. Hey, man, I got a 75, bro. Loving life. You know, you're killing. But more often than not, and at some point, the more opportunities you have to be in that situation, it's not going to work out in your favor. Like they say, luck favors the prepared. I don't know any quotes about being unprepared. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes the prepared works out, bro. Like that's no, there's no cool quote for people who don't know what's happening in their life. I think that the easiest example to point to is money, budgeting. The biggest issue the country has, I mean, I mean, this could be debatable, I guess, is debt, right? Like, not only our debt, like personal, student loans are out of control. I have student loans. I'm sure many of you have the same situation going on. That's a big deal. We have loans the country owes to banks. We have loans we owe to other countries. We, like, it's, it's our money is based on the debt standard now. It's just something that we accept as some kind of truth. We've just been accumulating debt for decades. We just, it's fine. We'll pay it off later. And it's something we just accept. People are, I guess, a little bit upset about it, but not enough to do anything about it. And the idea of spending more than what you make is, on its face, very simplistic. How much does it cost? This much. Do I have that? No. All right. I can't buy it. Right? Like That's the basics of it. But then the advent of credit cards came about. Well, I can pay for it with this fake money, but then later I got to pay that fake money back. Oh, man, I can't pay it back. Now they pay charge interest, so now it's more of the money I didn't have originally had to pay back. And it kind of gets snowballs from there. I'm still paying back debts right now. That's my, that's my primary focus. The idea of let me get the money I didn't have paid back so I can then move forward with the money I do have. And it's it's a crippling kind of situation because you feel like you it's bondage, is what it is. Like it's, hey, you owe me twenty dollars. Hey, here's fifty dollars. All right, cool, cool, cool. Oh man, I got to pay twenty back to this person. Oh, so really, I only have thirty dollars, right? It's 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 a weird place to be, and a lot of people are there. But that's just one like small example of a lack of preparation. We all went to school at some point. Many of us went to college who were listening to this. You remember when you had to sign up for classes and the, the registration period is like maybe a day or a day and a half. And the people who were the first ones at 1201 to sign up got all the classes they wanted. I want this class, back to back to back, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, boom, out of there. We all know the person that waited too late, 
signed up too late and it was like, oh man, I gotta take this this prereq, but I, I signed up too late and now uh, I gotta stay back extra semester or let me go talk to my advisor and now, now you're scrambling. But it didn't have to be like that. You knew what classes you had to take. Or at the very least, you could have known because whatever major you're in has very set classes you can take. You waited till the last minute. Then the classes filled up fast because other people were prepared. And now look at you. You and your advisor's office. Come on, man. Can you just... I know it's full. Can you write me a recommendation? Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you get lucky. And they say, you know what? You're about to graduate. We'll, we'll, we got you. But sometimes it's like, nah, bro. We got five other standbys. And we're going to take probably two or three max. So... I guess you graduate in a semester late. And that's just and it's very easy to avoid if you're prepared. But many of us don't. And I was just listing a bunch of other examples that people go through. It's going out drinking, but you don't eat before you go out. I don't drink. We all know this. I talk about it often. But one of the things that people who do who do drink tell me all the time is you gotta eat bread or carbs or something. Before you go drinking, because if not, you get super drunk. There's nothing to absorb the alcohol. It just goes straight to the liver, straight to the head. You're just out of here. And I can't tell you how often I go out. Hey, man, you good? Man, I messed up, bro. Didn't eat anything all day. I'm like, but you knew you were going out tonight. You knew you were going to drink. Why didn't you just, even on the way, grab, I don't know, a order of fries or something just to put something in the palate. Go to Subway. <laughs> and eat one of those $11 sandwiches, like something to like make this easier for you. Why wouldn't you do that? It's, I don't know, man. It's just busy. And it's, it's just, it was easily avoidable. There's no real excuse for it. Even a lot of bars sell foods. Even if you were like, like let me get a couple of drinks and let me get, I don't know, whatever pizza or toasted bread y'all have in the back, whatever they got at the bar. Like there's other options you could have had. Didn't have to get messed up. Same thing with like pregnancies. Right, we have birth control and contraception. Yeah, it's not 100% effective, but it's pretty damn effective. And when you're like, "Oh man, I messed up and got pregnant," I'm like, "Well, how'd you mess up and do that?" Well, I was on the pill, but ah, I forgot a couple times. Oh, well, usually he wraps up, but he didn't this time. And now look at look, look what we got. We got a baby on the way. And it's not like it's unavoidable. There's plenty of clinics. There's plenty of ways to get on it. There's plenty of options even within those subsets of birth control and, and and other contraceptions. There's other ways to do it. It didn't have to go the way it went. And yet, there you are. Like, oh man, now I got a we got a baby because we didn't talk and prepare. And I know in here the moment she was so cute. I just said, man, forget that condom, bro. And threw it over his shoulder. Like it's it didn't have to, it didn't have to go that way, is what I'm saying. It just but we make the excuse, man, you know how things go, but it's not necessarily. You let it go that way. And again, you being prepped, like, I know people who've had kids using condoms and spy on birth control, right? So I know it's not 100% effective. I know people who signed up for all the right classes and then maybe the instructor, I don't know, gets sick and bails and the class gets can't. Like, I know, like, there's situations where you prep adequately. And you feel like, I did everything I could for this to go well. And then it doesn't. But it's not on your prep. Sometimes things do happen. But when things happen that you could control, then that's when it's, all right, my prep work could have been a little stronger. I know a lot of people 
family, friends who tell me the exact opposite. Man, forget prepping, man. I just go, I just fly off seat of my pants, man. Procrastinate. I do my best work under pressure, son. Don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm like, all right, well, I'm sure there are times when you do really good work off the cuff, randomly. Like, I'm sure, like, you are real good at writing a paper in one hour that's nine pages long off just straight fluff. You're just, you're just in the zone. There's, ah, you're just killing it. I'm sure you even get a good grade sometimes. I'm not going to believe, though, that long-term you not preparing and you not outlining your paper and you not having all your facts and your bibliography lined up is more effective than if you do all those things. I'm not going to believe it. You tell me what you want. Even if your grades are good, like the anxiety of waiting to the last minute to do something alone, I feel like makes it less desirable. The, the idea that, like even right now, right, we have the whole Christmas season, Hanukkah, like holiday season, whatever you want to call it. And there are people right now who haven't done anything for holidays. We know no gifts, haven't bought their plane tickets yet. They got to fly somewhere, haven't got time off from work, haven't done anything yet. We know. And you know, a week from now, when it's December 17th, 18th, and they're like, oh man, I want to order this gift. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can, you can ship it, but it's going to be $15, $20. And like, oh man, they upcharged me on the shipping costs, man. That's BS. Yeah, it is. But you know what? Didn't have to happen. You didn't have to wait until the 18th to order it. You could have ordered it on the 8th and even put slow snail shipping and still would have got there by the 20th. Oh, man, they won't let me off work, man. I got to use one of my sick days. Yeah, probably. You probably could have called, told your boss 30 days ahead of time. You knew you were going to go home 60 days ahead. I guess it depends on what company you work for. You could have let them know, hey, man, I got to go out of town for this. Um... You know, put me down before everybody else fills the days up. Didn't have to happen that way. Now you at Walmart on the 22nd <laughs> trying to find a kid's toy. And it's, listen, I did this a couple years ago. So I'm, I'm telling you guys this, but, you know, I've, I take my own medicine sometimes as well. I was buying some gifts for my niece, Anastasia. And she's like six months old at the time. So it wasn't like she was old. But I didn't buy anything ahead of time. I didn't know to get a six-month-year-old. And I went to Walmart in Gainesville. And it's like one dope Walmart in Gainesville. And I'm, it was... Whew, it's like being on the stock market floor. There were people everywhere. Clothes on the ground. Toys turned over. Kids tearing stuff open. Parents just like running, throwing money at cash. It was chaos. And I think I came out with like a little chew toy which sounds weird for a kid, but I like just to help them tease and stuff. And maybe like a little something like rings or something, something kids like. And I was in there forever. I was anxious the whole time. I was like, oh, man, if I don't get something for her, not that she'll remember and dislike me, but then I'll feel bad as an uncle for not doing my job. Like it's my job to take care of the nieces and nephews and stuff. And it was just like, you know, they sell these online. This is Toys R Us still existed when this story happened. They're out of business now. But if I had gone to ToysRUs.com on December 10th and said, all right, they have they even have sections de- designated for this. Six months and under. Toy. Teeth and ring. Boom. Boom. Ship it. Five dollars for shipping. All right, cool. I'm in there. I didn't have to live that life I was living. 
I didn't have to deal with that parking lot and that traffic and people running me over with carts and stuff. I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff, but I waited too late. And that's what happens. Same thing happened to me last year. I waited too late to buy my ticket home. As some of you know who've heard previous podcasts, I missed Christmas last year. I didn't go home. I stayed in California solo. I have no family out here. I was in California by myself. Um, I didn't buy any gifts for anybody. I didn't see anybody. I stayed here and I watched whatever bowl game was on Christmas. I watched basketball. I think I went to IHOP or something just to try to get through the day. I called a few people, like mom, siblings, like, hey, y'all, did y'all good? All right, well, enjoy. And I just sat home. And it was probably the saddest Christmas I've ever had. And it's because when I should have bought a ticket to fly home, it was probably like $600 at the time. And I was like, man, $600, that's a lot. I don't know if I want to fade that. But the thing is, I knew the price would go up. They don't get smaller. <laughs> it's like the demand goes up. They drive the price up. But I didn't buy it. I, I don't know, I used the money on something else. And then when I really came to go buy a ticket, it was like almost nine fifty, And that was for like the cheapest middle seat, no carry-on. Just And I was like, dude, I can't spend $1,000 to go home. I just, I didn't, one, I didn't have it, but even if I did, it's like, that's, that's an unreasonable amount of money to spend. And so I had to make that phone call. Hey mom, I'm not coming home this year. I know, I know it's been a while. I know Henry's in, he's up in Philly and Sharon's with the kids. And I know, I know, like I, I had to make that phone call and it was on me. And so when this year happened, I made sure not only am I coming home, I bought this ticket in like July or August. Like, this ticket was maybe a quarter of what the other ticket was last year. Like, I bought it so early, and it was still expensive. I didn't want to spend 400 for a ticket, but it was like, I know what the price is now. And so it allowed me to get the gifts that I wanted to get, which I actually just sent off. They should arrive today. And um, get the ticket early, because last year I didn't prep properly. I thought maybe I can get lucky and come to some money late, and it was... It was it was humbling to miss to see all the pictures of my family and oh so and so came home for Christmas for the first time in ten years I was like oh oh he came home it would have been cool to see my cousin but I guess uh, guess not this year you know so maybe that's why I even decided to bring this topic up because this time of the year kind of brings up those memories of it didn't have to be this way you can you can you can plan a lot of things out about how your life goes, how your schedule goes, all that kind of thing. I I really do believe that the world is in a kind of crazy state right now. You can say this based on the news, based on the media. I think we just, I think a lot of things are happening fast. You know, a lot of new things fast. And traditionally, things have progressed at a regular speed. Um, but that's been accelerated because of internet, because of social media, because of infrastructures in place. I don't know. I don't know why things are the way they are. I just think that we don't have a template for how to handle things and everything is happening at the same time. So we're all kind of like, and as a result, you get what you get on TV, you get what you get in the political climate, you get what you get in the media. And it's kind of a disaster situation most of the time. There's also some really good parts that we don't ever get to see or talk about because that doesn't make news. But even in all that, Given all the chaos, 
all the hoopla, all that. I still think we are the architects of our lives in all that oppression, suppression, this and that. We still, for the most part, can become what we want to become. If If you are your own architect, what kind of life do you want to have built? Do you want your life built on whims and chances and hope and maybe? Or do you want to build your life on something a little more sturdy? Do you want to have a five-year plan to buy a house and then execute the plan and then get the house? Or do you hope to hit the lottery and then just come into a house? Do you want to go to school or trade school or whatever you want to do? Get the degree you want to get, bust your butt for a couple years, and then when you come out of it, be able to live the life you want to live. I can't speak for anybody except myself. I know the life I wanted to live. And so I went about putting those pieces in place. But you are your own architect. So what kind of life do you want to build? You decide. (laughs) That's so stupid. Um, As always, guys, thank you for listening and tuning in, uh, telling your friends and family, reposting, all that good stuff. Your support and your listening keeps me going. I'm happy and thankful to keep doing this as long as y'all want me to. Enjoy your holidays. I'll probably talk to y'all before Christmas and all that stuff. So if I don't, which would be weird, um, enjoy it. Have fun. If you have your family around, please enjoy them. You don't know how long you're going to have them for. If you're going to be home, you know, find something to keep your keep your time. Stay occupied. Don't sit alone with your thoughts because that's not a good place to be during the holiday season. Anyway, y'all take care. Enjoy your day. I'll talk to you next time. Deuces.